you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Read three different texts tonight. It's going to take me longer to read this than it is to say what I have. My content is going to be minimal tonight. And if the Lord will help me, I will make all these young men on the front row, I will be their favorite preacher tonight because I may not preach too long. And maybe some of the others throughout the building as well. Genesis chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, and John chapter 3. Genesis 2, Acts 2, and John chapter 3. And the Lord God formed man. Of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 starts and says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. John 3, verse 8. The wind bloweth where it listeth. Thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. In Genesis, it spoke of the breath. In Acts, it spoke of a rushing mighty wind. In John 3, Jesus speaks of the Spirit. And he says, the wind bloweth where it listeth. You can't tell where it's coming from and you can't tell where it's going to, but you can tell 
that there is wind because you can feel. You can't see it, taste it, smell it, but you can feel the wind. By the help of the Lord tonight, I'm going to preach for a few minutes on this subject, the breath of God. The breath of God. I know we've prayed several times, and I don't want this just to become customary. It's what we do before we preach, but would you... Would you pray that the Lord would cause us to be sensitive to what he wants to do in this service tonight? Would, would you pray that with me? Lord, I, I pray now that the inspiration of the Holy Ghost rest upon your servant as I bring the word tonight. As you have spoke it to me. And Lord, I pray that every person in this room quicken our minds, cause us to be sensitive to the moving of, the, of your spirit. Lord, Allow us just to feel you breathe on us and know and sense there is the breath of God. There is the move of the Spirit. There is the flow of the Holy Ghost. Let us be sensitive to you. I call us to sensitivity now. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You can be seated tonight. The breath, the breath of God. The Bible speaks often about the breath of God, the wind, the breath. Every time the scripture speaks of wind and breath, it is speaking regarding the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God is used in terminology that we can all understand. Jesus speaks of water, and when he speaks of water, he speaks of the Spirit. He speaks of breath, and he speaks of wind, and he speaks of the Spirit. Wind and breath are both very interesting. They're interestingly amazing I can't understand the human body or the biology sciences at all. Perhaps Dr. Chelsea could explain it much better. But I know a little bit and understand a little bit that I've read and learned in school. We breathe in air. We breathe in and we breathe out. But when we breathe in air, our lungs has the ability to absorb oxygen. But it does not absorb carbon dioxide, so it expels carbon dioxide. And so we breathe in and we breathe out. But what we breathe in brings the the substance of life, the ability without oxygen, without air. If If I was to have you hold your breath, you would probably, most of you can hold your breath somewhere around a minute, maybe some a little longer. I remember that I could always, when I when I played my trumpet, remember those days, Brandon, when 
our lungs were much stronger. And when I played the trumpet, I had a lot of hot air. It made me a good preacher in my early days. I could hold my breath longer than most anyone because I'd built my lungs up from playing so much. I drove church people crazy, my family crazy, my neighbors crazy. My mom would tell me to go out of the house. I'd go sit in the swing outside and play. And I played the, the trumpet a lot, and I had built my lungs up so strong. And so anytime they had to hold the note and see who can hold the longest, well, nobody. Nobody, and plus I, I'm stubborn and hard-headed and had this willpower that wouldn't quit. And so I literally would hold, could hold my breath so long and, you know, we would go swimming and I'd go under the water and hold my breath and I was always could hold my breath longer. One, I was large and had bigger lungs than everybody else, but and also had developed the ability to be able to do so. And so holding my breath for a minute was never a problem, but... If, if somebody would come and say, hold your breath for three minutes, most, most of us in the room would not be able to make that. As a matter of fact, just, just about a minute, minute and a half, approaching two minutes in for those with a lot of willpower, the room would begin to spin and your memory would begin to fade and you would only hear echoes in the room and you would fall onto the floor and you would pass out. And the moment you did, if your body operates properly, at the moment that you lose consciousness, the first thing your body is going to do is going to take a big deep breath. And as soon as the oxygen hits your bloodstream and back to your brain again, your eyes will open and you will set up and you will say, what happened? Breath is an odd thing, but you cannot live without breath. You must have it. But it's, it's strange that the body is built so because you, you, you cannot live in a pure oxygen environment and you cannot live in a carbon dioxide environment. It takes God knew what he was doing when he formed the air that you breathe. Look around this room and you need to thank God tonight for air. You cannot see it. But it's here, and we know it is here. By faith, we, we take the next breath. You can't see it. The scientists have decided and, and, and figured out that they would call parts of the air oxygen and parts they would call carbon dioxide, and, and there's other elements as well. But when we breathe, when we breathe in and breathe out, our body is made to where it absorbs the oxygen and it expels the carbon dioxide, but it's required for life. All living things, mammals, uh, have to have oxygen. Even whales that swim and different mammal-type animals that live even in the sea. They, they have to surface to breathe. Even some freshwater species of fish, you may not know that, but they surface to breathe. If they're trapped underwater, they, they would, a fish would drown. Imagine that. It's odd, but it's just how we're made. Breath is, is a requirement, but, but actually fish have gills, and the gills move, and uh, those, th th there's, there's something going on there. They're moving 
the water through their lungs because there is a certain amount of oxygen in that water and it has to be moved because even in the fish's ability, uh, body is the ability to be able to absorb oxygen out of the water. Isn't that strange? Strange. Did you know fish could drown? Strange. And although your body requires oxygen, God knows exactly the right mixture. And so here we are, and we're breathing tonight. But the flip side to that, and what makes the balance of life, is that all not all living things need oxygen. There, there are plants and trees require oxygen carbon dioxide and so when we we, we breathe in and, and, and obtain the oxygen the tree uses the carbon dioxide and it, it through some way that I can't maybe I need Evan to come and explain he studied horticulture maybe he could explain better how it works in trees but trees have the ability to absorb the carbon dioxide and it's required for life. And they produce and put off oxygen. Well, this is deep tonight. We're really going somewhere. Interesting. It's the cycle of life. We breathe in air and we breathe out carbon dioxide. Animals and oxygen. Survive on oxygen. Plants survive on carbon dioxide and they expel oxygen. But both are required for the balance of life. Planet Earth is built with balance. It's the balance of life. I'm intrigued by, by strange things as you can tell. Some of it comes through in my preaching. And air and wind is, is one of those things that is just... Imagine this air, reach out and grab you some of it, but it, it's hard to hold on to. But I, I, I have an air compressor and occasionally, um, a few days ago, my wife had a low tire and I pulled up and, and this, this air that I cannot see um, needed to be put in a tire. And when you compress it and put it in a tire, it holds the weight of an automobile up. It has, the, it has the ability, it has a power to be able to lift, to lift an automobile and hold and sustain an automobile. Isn't that, isn't that strange? Yet, for you and I, we can't even capture it. We, we can't catch it. We can't, we can't, we, we know nothing about it. But yet, we all enjoy a nice, cool breeze. You know what happened this week? It was the first day during summer that I got up and walked outside and it was a cool 55 degrees and the wind was blowing and it felt like fall time. And I was like, yes. It's my favorite time of the year. And I love the, just the wind is blowing and, and, and I'm enjoying it. But the, the thing about wind, how many of you can see the wind? You can't see the wind. You, you feel it. You, you know it's blowing. You see the trees moving by the effects of it, but, but you can't see. They say wind, wind is, is, 
is odd. They, they say wind is created by the sun. I can't explain that either. If somebody here would like to explain it, I'll give you three minutes and let you explain it. I don't understand it all together, but somehow the energy from the fire that is created on the sun uh, creates creates wind. And, and I can't explain, I, I certainly can't explain how the sun creates wind if you've ever been in an Indiana blizzard. Something's going wrong. It's global freezing. I, I don't know, I, but it's it's what they say. They they say that the sun creates this wind. You you can't you can't capture the wind. You can they try to harness it. It can be used for a sailboat. It can it can cause a flag to wave. Uh, a few days ago, I was having a roof put on my house, and my wife was in a panic. Uh, we had some wind gusts come through. They said it's 45, 50 mile an hour wind gusts that came through for a few minutes and looked like it was going to cut loose and my roof was wide open. And uh, I've never seen four men install a roof so fast. They actually had a guy there. He should go to the, the roof in Olympics. No, that's no kidding. I've never in my life, I've been around construction my whole life, never seen anybody that was as fast as that guy. I mean, I, the guy, I, I, I turned and looked and I looked back and it was like, wow, a whole half the house is done. The guy, I've never seen anything like it. But the wind started blowing and it was ripping up felt paper and, and, and they're just out there working and they keep looking and keep looking and I went out and told them, I said, I just checked the weather. Guys, we're, we're, you know, you need to pick up the pace a little bit. And they're, they're going to town, and I'm suggesting that they stop and get off the roof and pull a tarp over. My, my wife went into panic because one of the men was walking across, and one of those wind gusts came. And literally, she said, I thought that he was off the roof. That wind gust caught him as he was there. Now, now here's this. Imagine sitting inside, not knowing that the wind is blowing, other than seeing the trees and that sort of thing, and seeing the effect of wind upon the human body as a man is trying to walk forward, and the wind gust hits him and literally starts to push him back as if he is warring and fighting with something that was pressing against him that is invisible. Now can I make an analogy of why the scripture uses wind as a type of the spirit? Because spirit, anything that is spiritual is not tangible. Means you can't see it, you can't touch it in the physical realm, but it exists just like the wind. The scripture is correct to talk about the moving and flow of the spirit being like the wind or being like the breath of God. It's so hard for people who have no sensitivity to spiritual things to understand what the church gets so excited about that makes them clap and stand and work. It is something that is not tangible in the human realm but it is the moving the wind of the spirit of God that begins to flow and touch a heart and there's nothing that I can say to cause you to understand it until you get in the flow and you feel the effects of that wind of the Holy Ghost and you say this must be what they're talking about Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. 
And he said, the wind blows where it listeth. You hear the sound thereof, but you cannot tell from whence it comes or to whether it goes. So is he that is born of the Spirit. Gives us a clear understanding. People say, what is that? We had guests a few services ago and we had one of those, one of those Pentecostal moments, you know. Brother Zach was over here. I don't know what we call it. I call it the Zachariah. Usually ends with him going on the floor. He needs to work on that balance a little better. And we had some guests here. They were sitting four or five rows behind Zach when he was doing the Zachariah. And they're standing there and all of a sudden. And the man reached over and kind of grabbed his, I guess is his wife or girlfriend, whomever, reached over there. I don't know what he was saying. But they both were like, we need to get out of here. And just about that time, I look up and there goes Braxton. Taking a lap, running around the church. There's no place safe in here. The lady excused herself to the restroom. The man went all the way against the kitchen door and he was pushing on the kitchen door. It was like a train wreck. He wanted to stay and see what was going to happen but he didn't want to be too close to it. But the reason that it was so strange is because they have no sensitivity to anything to do with the Spirit. They've never experienced it and they were so carnally minded at the moment that they didn't say, hey, I'm going to put my feelers out and just see if I can sense what's going on in this house. Mm. That's why some can come and get blessed when the choir is singing and somebody else can sit like a bump on a log and be thinking about what they're going to do tomorrow and one leaves and says, I didn't get anything out of the service and the other leaves and says, man, I needed that touch of the Holy Ghost. It is about your spiritual sensitivity. There's nothing wrong with the wind. There's nothing wrong with the moving of the Spirit. It is about our sensitivity. We need to get an appetite for the things of God. In the book of Acts, the second chapter, the Holy Ghost came on the day of Pentecost and it came with a sound as of a rushing, mighty wind. How's that? Sound effects. I don't have much content tonight. I can't juggle. Brother Jason can come juggle for me. The sound. 
sound as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And then there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. Now, I've had people say, why then? If the Holy Ghost came on the day of Pentecost and it entered the house with the sound as of a rushing mighty wind, why did it come in a sound as of a rushing mighty wind? And it doesn't still do that today. I, I, I don't know everything about the scripture, but I do know this. Neither did they know, neither had they ever heard anyone speak with other tongues. Neither had they ever, no one had ever experienced the gift of the Holy Ghost evidenced by speaking with other tongues. And so there were numerous signs that came. There were numerous things that happened on the day of Pentecost to prepare them and to let them know there was a sound that came with the flowing of the Spirit as it came in. I can't tell you everything about Scripture, but I do know this. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, there will be a sound that will accompany Every time in the New Testament, for they heard them speak with other tongues and glorify God and prophesy over and over again, there will be a sound that will accompany the Holy Ghost. Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. The wind blows where it lists. You hear the sound thereof. You can't tell where it's coming. You don't know where it's going. But so is he that is born of the Spirit. When God created man, in the placed them in the garden, when he was forming, when he formed Adam from the dust of the ground, the Bible says that he breathed the breath of life into his nostrils. Now I want you to think of this. Life. Without breath, there's no life. The breath, the first breath that man ever took was the breath that God put into his nostrils. He breathed. Just put your hand up before your mouth and feel. He breathed. It was God breathed on Adam. He didn't resuscitate him because he had never breathed before. So I don't know what the correct term is, Brother Brooks, but I suppose he suscitated him. He breathed the breath of life into him and he became a living soul. Mm. The scriptures could have said he became a living body. Oh, nobody going to help me preach tonight. But the scripture said he breathed in his nostrils and he became a living soul. Before that, he was not a living soul. The soul is connected with the breath of God. 
Everybody in this room has a soul and everybody in this room has breath. If anybody stops taking breaths, just notify me. I'll be done shortly. But your breath is connected to God because he breathed the first breath into man. God started you breathing. He breathed on you. And there is a movement of air with breathing. God breathed on you. It was the breath of God or the wind of God that began the process of life. The wind of God gave man the breath of life. But then man sinned. And he sinned against God and he lost the part of life that related to God or that was connected to God. But God didn't take his breath. He was a living soul with a will, with a choice. And so he gave him, he built man that way, he made man that way. And so what happened was relationship was broken. And so it is in man, we, we have... A desire, no matter how much we have, it is built within man to where we want more. We have more, we want more. You build a barn, you want a bigger barn. You fill that barn, you want another barn. Whatever you have, you want more. You want you got a good bank account, you want a larger bank account. It's built within man. It is something that is within man that we that we what what we want. And it is because we are constantly searching. We are searching for something that was lost when man sinned in the garden. If we could only understand that what we have is a breath that does not belong to us. It was God that put the breath in us. And what you really are looking for and longing for is not another thing, not a nicer home, not another car, but what you are looking for is a relationship with the God, the creator that spoke breath into your life and caused you to become a living soul. That God, that creator is wanting relationship with you. So in order for man to live again, after the fall and sin in the garden, he must be born again. Nicodemus asked him, how can a man be reborn when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb? Jesus goes on to declare to him, Nicodemus, you are thinking of things of the flesh, but I'm speaking of things of the spirit. Marvel not that I say unto you, you must be born again. That born again experience is when God rebreathes the breath of life into you, into your living soul. He once again breathes a breath into your nostrils that is the breath of the Holy Ghost. The whole reason for the Spirit of God among us and the gift of the Holy Ghost being for us and everything in Scripture that is speaking of wind and the breath of God is so that man understands right now I'm breathing and living for the world. I'm just taking up some good space in the world and going after the things of the world. But God says, I want to breathe the breath of life into you so that your soul will live again, so that your 
soul that is destined to eternity, lost without God. I want that soul to breathe again, afresh and anew. So a new breath, a new wind must blow into man's soul. The problem is that the wind of life has a way of distracting us and we get caught up in the, the wind currents of the world. We're seeking after all the things in the world. The wind currents of life have a way of bending us and turning us and directing us in paths of the world and not back into relationship with God. Many of you know my older brother. He may be listening online, my much older brother. He spent some time in Aruba. If you don't like this message tonight, blame him with it. He sent me a text and it inspired this message. He shared this story with me. My brother spent some time, I think three or four years, he spent in Aruba. And he told me about a tree that grows there. It is called a Divi Divi tree. They have strange names in other parts of the world. We have trees like sweet gum. They have Divi Divi trees. It is also called the one-way tree because every time that tree grows, it is bent, pointing like a one-way sign. It points in the direction of the prevailing wind. So anywhere you are on the island, you can tell direction by the Divi Divi tree if you know the direction of the prevailing wind. It is pointing in the direction where the wind constantly blows. The issue with man is without being born again and without a fresh breath of the Holy Ghost. The wind currents of the world will begin to bend us and we begin to point our affections on the things of the world. We begin to be bent by everything in the world that is pointing us away from God. But I want to talk to you tonight about the wind of the Spirit. Because when the wind of the Spirit begins to blow, it goes against the currents of this world and will begin to point you in a direction of godliness and holiness and righteousness and separate. Oh, come on, somebody. The wind of God begins to blow in your life. It will blow against the currents of this world. Without God, our lives are shaped by the constant wind currents of this world. We adapt to the wind. We learn to construct houses and buildings to handle the winds in the specific area that we're building. We even adapt our dress 
to handle and deal with the wind currents? What is the weather doing today? What is the wind doing today? We adapt our lives for the current of the world. In Scripture, the wind is a metaphor for the Spirit of God. Or could I call it the power of Pentecost? And what our kind, worried, weirded out, whatever word you want to call guest last week, missed out of the service was that there was more to a young man making a lap around the service, around the church. What they don't know was is about five or six years ago, that young man that made a lap around the service and probably helped receive the offering tonight couldn't look anybody in the eye. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. See, you don't know what the wind of God's Spirit did to him. Turned him from being an angry teenager to being a God-driven young man that is fired up on fire for God and says, don't worry about it. You want to know, I'm going to... I feel the current of the Spirit of God. Like David said, by my God, I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. You may not understand why some of these are standing. You don't know what the world had done to them. You don't know where God brought them from. But when a fresh breath of God's Spirit blew into their life, it'll make you dance. It'll make you clap. It'll make you shout. Oh, come on, somebody ought to reach out to God right now. I won't be much longer preaching, but the wind of the Holy Ghost is about to sweep into this house tonight and touch somebody fresh and new. I love services. Be seated just for a moment. I love services when the presence of God blows in in a powerful way. But not every environment lends itself to a preacher on a platform and a couple hundred people that's hungry for the Word of God or a great music team. If you're connected to our CLC group page, if not, you need to get connected. I copied over a video that Brother McCree made last week. Some of you maybe didn't know. Brother McCree and Brother Matt, Brother Bill, their wives go down to the jail. Start ministering, teaching, talking. See, in that environment, there's not a preacher on a platform and 150 cheering saints. It's just Brother McCree and a wounded man that may not even know who his father was and don't know much about life other than he got on the wrong track. And it's just Brother McCree. And there's not a mighty rushing wind and sounds from heaven and organs and pipes and drums 
at that moment, all Brother McCree can do is say, God, just let the breath. It may not be a rushing mighty wind. Could there just be a breath? Sometimes you just need the breath. I just need a breath. Breathe on me. Breathe on me. Sometimes it's a shout, but sometimes it's a still, small voice. Sometimes it's just the breath of God that sweeps into a bedroom when mama's praying. Sometimes it's just the breath of God when you're driving down the road and you nobody's there, but you just sense there's the breath of God. There's the breath of God. It's no different. It's, no, it's the same spirit and the same power. I've been in services, stand with me, I've been in services when there's powerful, powerful presence. People are running and dancing, worshiping. But then there are moments when it's just the breath of God that moves in. Oh, how we need the breath of God. How I long for the breath of God to breathe on us. We sing, breathe on me. The question I raise tonight is in order for him to breathe on you, you have to be in pretty close proximity in order for a breath to affect you. If you're not close to him, you're not going to feel his breath. All you're going to see is a young man making a lap or a young man dancing in the spirit or a few excited people in a church service on a Sunday night. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house. Somebody walked in this door tonight spiritually dead and you need God to breathe the breath of life back into you. Eyes are closed all over this room. God is calling. He's speaking to hearts right now. He wants to resurrect you. He wants to put life back into you. He wants to breathe the breath. You gotta be close to Him and you gotta be sensitive to Him if you're gonna feel His breath. His breath won't affect you from a distance. You've got to be up close and personal. I wonder how many in this room right now could just lift a hand and just begin to talk to him and just begin to say, God, I long for your breath. CLC, can we grow in sensitivity to where we don't have to have lightning flashes and thunder rolls but it's just the breath of God. His presence, His presence means more to me than anything I own, anything I have. We need the wind, but we need the breath. 
Would somebody like to draw close enough to him tonight that you can just feel him breathe on you? I'm opening these altars, the front of this room tonight. If you're in the building, oh, several are already moving. Step out and join them tonight. Everybody's invited. If you don't know him tonight and don't know what to do, just do what the others are doing. Just walk to the front of this room. It's not rocket science. There's no mathematical equation. There's nobody going to grab you and shake you. You need to just step out on faith right now and say, God, I don't know. I just want to feel that breath of God as it breathes life back into me. This isn't an altar service for someone else. This is for you tonight all over this room right now. Somebody ought to lift your hands and begin to talk to God and just say, God, breathe on me. Breathe on me. Let me feel your presence. God, we need your breath. We need your breath. Come on, cry out to the Lord. Come on, talk to him tonight. Tell him, God, I need your presence. I need your presence. Come on all over the room right now. Somebody needs to be acquainted afresh and anew. We need his presence tonight. We need a fresh breath in our life. Let your spirit flow afresh and anew. Pray for sensitivity to the Spirit tonight. This could be a momentous moment for somebody tonight. Renew us and refresh us. Let the calluses of the world be renewed, be taken off, and let there be a renewal of sensitivity to the things of the Spirit.
is predicated, the moving of the presence of God is predicated on presence. Not just his presence, for he's omnipresent. He's, his spirit is everywhere. It fills all time and space. But when we, that's me and you, us, when we, when we create an atmosphere of praise and worship, the scripture said that he inhabits the praises of his people. Now, I know he's omnipresent, so the only thing that I can understand out of that is it doesn't change the fact that he's in the room. But when we begin to create the atmosphere of praise and worship where the scripture said he inhabits, it must mean that he begins to move. He begins to work. He begins to flow. He becomes recognizable in an environment of praise and worship. I wonder if we could just take, I didn't preach too long tonight and we've still got a little time, but I wonder if you would take about two minutes in this house and if somebody in this room tonight would create an atmosphere for there to be a moving of the Spirit of God, a flow of the Spirit of God in this house tonight. Somebody may have come sick and can leave healed. Somebody may have come needing a rebaptism of the Holy Ghost. You can be filled. Come on, let's create an atmosphere for about two minutes where there is a flow of the Spirit, a moving of the wind, the breath of God. Come on, let's engage in what God is wanting to do. This is spiritual work. This is spiritual work. Let there be a flow of the Spirit right now. Holy Ghost sweep over us.